Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to fourth and troll fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby and I'm Wes Selby and we are coming back at you with a week six recap episode on this lovely Tuesday morning. It's going to be a fun time. Lots of things to talk about. Some de- some uh, some upsets we got to break down and not a not a hugely exciting week as far as like scoring and big big performances and stuff like that for fantasy yeah. football and all sorts of things as such but nonetheless we are on to week 7 mm. I had to think about that I, I can't believe we're at week 7 already that that feels wrong that. that we're already at week 7 but we are here Wes how are you doing I'm doing well I'm glad to be back Feels like we are in the thick of the fantasy season. I mean, we are now entering the seventh yeah. week, but it feels like we know more or less what this season looks like, barring some injuries or some crazy breakout performances from players. Uh, doing fine in most of my leagues right now. I'm uh, I'm not undefeated. I'm not five and one in any leagues, but I am four and two in a couple. Uh, two and four and a few as well, which isn't the end of the world, yeah. but gosh, it just, I lost by less than a point in oh. one of my leagues and, and I fell to two and four and that is just the worst. Cause then you just start looking over your entire team and like, gosh, I mean, what if I just started this one player instead? Yeah. Like you start just, and then you start realizing all of the missed plays that, yeah. that the, your players and your team had, you're like, oh my gosh, what if they just caught one more pass? What uh, if there was no clear pass interference that wasn't called on Darren Waller in the end zone? What if that <laughs> happened? What you if? know, actually, that would have been a difference because I was up against yeah. the Bills' defense in mm-hmm. that game that I lost by a point. Some more and that points allowed. I would have won. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm doing well, feeling good about fantasy, life outside of the podcast here is great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I am actually still undefeated in my work league. Took oh. home another victory this week, which is pretty awesome. On the back of Keenan Allen and Travis Kelsey and A.J. Brown, mm. Jalen Hurts. Mm. Mm. What a squad. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's pretty great. Uh, no, I'm doing good though. I uh, I had a had a. I mean, I was just in the Trollers League this week. I had a showdown there. It went back and forth on Sunday, starting in the the early window. It was felt pretty good. Came out to a big lead. That was that was the league where I was in such a running back bind that I decided, you know what, I'm going to start Raheem Mostert, and I'm starting Savon Ahmed. Let's see how this goes. Whatever. Let's see how we go here. Combined for like 50-something points. It was awesome. It was so cool. So I was like, there you go. Amazing. Crushed it out of the park there. Went back and forth. My opponent had uh, Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs, Austin Eckler, uh, who uh, he had one other, Cooper Cup, and Ramondre yeah. Stevenson. And I was up like a good bit. Like I was at a 70% chance to win. And I was I was saying I mean I, I'm not counting my win here. You know, this is those are those are four forty point ceiling players on your team ready yeah, to. Those just are heavy hitters. Unload, yeah. So it came down to Monday Night Football. I needed Justin Herbert to outscore Austin Eckler by like four points. Ended up pulling through. 
Got another win in the column there in the Trollers League. Moving on. Feeling good. You. Overall, really, really good week. Really fun. Exciting. And uh, But like I said, not a ton of huge performances. And that's what we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. Before we jump into all of that, follow us on all our social medias down below because we're going to be breaking down, dropping content there. What are you pointing at, dude? Down below, the socials. Oh, right. Down below. Yeah, down below. Yeah. Down below. Just, you're, just out of frame. Just down below, right below where you see yeah. us there. Um, before we do all that, though, yeah, follow us on all the social medias. Subscribe, like, ring the bell, comment. Let us, excuse me, let us know how you did in your fantasy league in week six. And before we jump into everything, we got to do the news here because there are some things to talk about. And some uh, bye weeks to go over, some injury outlooks for the season here we got to discuss. Let's jump into it, Wes. What's going on? Dude, there are so many things to jump into for the new segment. So grab a cup of coffee and just relax as you get your debrief heading into week seven, starting with the bye week teams for this week. The Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Tennessee Titans. Plan your lineups accordingly. Okay, so Justin Jefferson is reportedly expected to miss between four and six weeks with his hamstring injury, slating him to return by week 12 at the latest. Okay, however, here's what we found out. Adam Schefter reported that it is possible that if the Vikings are, quote, not contenders by the time he could return. There is a scenario that he reminds the organization that he did not settle a long-term deal with them, and he could either miss the rest of the season, perhaps by choice, and or plays for a different team next year. This is something that we want to share because this was something that we considered in our previous episode, when we talked about trade or stash Jefferson, we said trade him, and this was something we discussed. Maybe there's something that he considers, like, we're not going to play. Let me just wait out the season. Something similar with Cooper Cup last year. Yeah. Huge news. Okay, it gets even bigger. Anthony Richardson's injury is more than likely a season-ending injury. Jim Ursay confirmed through his own opinion that it is uh, a season-ending injury, but it has not yet been determined by his doctor, so just keep that in mind if you were attempting to make a trade for Richardson yeah. or if you want to still try to trade him away. Last piece from the IR squad, Devon A. Chan may only miss just the first four games of the IR uh, list that he's on. He could be back by then, but they do have a bye week five weeks out, so uh, the, which would be the fifth week after the IR, so he could still expect to be returning in week 11. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a knee injury. They are playing Thursday night, and we'll talk about those must-starts, risky starts, and don't starts. This is described as day-to-day, -day, and as the Jaguars are going to be playing this soon, it's possible he may be a game-time decision. He may not even play, so just keep that in mind for any of the Jaguars players you have, and of course, if you have Trevor Lawrence, 
The Bears placed Khalil Herbert on IR over the weekend just before their game on Sunday. Roshan Johnson also missed Sunday's game with an injury as well. Donta Foreman was the sole running back for the Bears on Sunday. Johnson could come back as as well. So Donta Foreman and Roshan Johnson could be in a tandem. And this transitioned us into Justin Fields, who did leave early in the third quarter with a right hand injury. He was ruled out. They then confirmed that it was a dislocated thumb. He said he couldn't quite grip the ball, was trying to go back in. But Matt Eberflus says that that is basically how they're going to determine when he's going to come back, when he can grip that football. The timeline's uncertain for now. He may only be questionable. He could miss multiple weeks. So let's just keep in mind what that situation looks like. Obviously, make sure you have a quarterback in place of Justin Fields. Okay. Guess what happened to the 49ers? They lost not just their first game of the season, but some big-time players. Christian McCaffrey left with an oblique injury. Right now, there's no update on his status, but Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell are the backups in place of Christian McCaffrey. Oblique injuries may not actually put him out for very long. Remember that Puka Nakua had an oblique injury earlier in the year, and he didn't miss any time at all. So it's not guaranteed that Jordan Mason would start because obviously he seems to be the top waiver wire ad for a lot of people. Debo Samuel left Sunday with a shoulder injury. There's no designation of what his timeline looks like as well, but obviously Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle are going to be there. So, yes, Noah, you in the back? I just want to add one thing on this because I want to make sure everyone is aware of what this could mean for your fantasy teams. The 49ers play on Monday Night Football. So the good news here is that this gives Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel maybe an extra day to be better. The uh, bad news is, if we get to Monday and it's like, yeah, they're not going to play, you are going to be extremely limited on what you can do as far as where to pivot to if either of these guys are out and they're on your team. So <clears throat> if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, whether or not you feel confident in him playing this week or not, I would prioritize Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell on your waiver wire. And if you are a Debo Samuel owner, one, he should be on your bench, so you shouldn't be having an issue here. But two, Bars. if you were planning on starting him, he is somebody that would need to be – you need to have a pivot there as well. So just to make everyone aware, hopefully we'll have more of an update by Friday. But I want to—I just want to point that out real quick just because it is, it's a little bit of a tricky situation with, uh, with the 49ers here this week. And you've always been a very good advocate for using that flex – slot to manage injuries or game time decisions so thank you for continuing to preach to us to make sure we do that uh speaking of which hey more injuries here daniel jones is still dealing with his neck injury that he sustained against the dolphins the giants are working out multiple quarterbacks as backup options obviously we saw tyrod taylor play he would assumably, presumably, play in place of Daniel Jones should he miss any more time. Quarterbacks that are also injured. Ryan Tannehill was carted off the field with an ankle injury in their London game. Malik Willis took over for Ryan Tannehill, and if he does miss any more time, it would appear that Malik Willis would be the starter. There's no clear designation if Tannehill is going to miss next week, but... Apparently, uh, uh, Mike Vrabel said that it's similar to what Tannehill sustained last year. Obviously, Tannehill missed multiple weeks. Keep that in mind for any of you that are still, for whatever reason, starting Titans players in your fantasy lineups. Okay. (laughs) Kyron Williams and 
Ronnie Rivers. Both suffered injuries on Sunday. Williams sustained an ankle sprain and Rivers sustained a PCL sprain. Ronnie Rivers is likely to miss several weeks while Kyron Williams may just only miss next week. And that's a may. Either way, rookie Zach Evans is the next man up and should either of them miss any time or Rivers or um, if Kyron Williams is there, he could be in a tandem with Williams or could just be the sole back for Los Angeles. He could be a clear priority uh, for your waiver if you have Kyron Williams. Jimmy Garoppolo left with a back injury also against the Patriots. <laughs> so many quarterbacks are hurt. My goodness. He's going to be out for some time. A bad week. Um, Brian Hoyer took uh, over for the back or under center for Garoppolo. If he's going to miss any more time, we're going to assume Brian Hoyer is going to play as well. And we saw what happened with some players like Devonte Adams and how that turned out. We're going to talk about him a little bit too. David Montgomery left that game as well. Not the same game they're playing against, but David Montgomery left Sunday as well with a rib injury. He's going to be out for some time. Dan Campbell confirmed that we don't know exactly how long that is, but we do have a feeling that does mean multiple weeks. If Dan Campbell is going to say some time, it's usually how it's gone. There is optimism. Jameer Gibbs is going to be back for week seven, but fifth year running back Craig Reynolds will fill in for the Lion amidst these injuries. And of course, knowing that Gibbs just doesn't play on the field for the Lions, Craig Reynolds will see the field in some way or another. Hey, just a quick reminder that Deontay Johnson uh, is eligible to return from IR this week. Let's go, baby. Come on. Come on. This might help us out a little bit here. Hopefully he I plays some, this I week. I some teams that he's been in the IR spot since week one, and I'm, I'm Dude, ready for him to come back and be able to play. He's available in my work league. He's just sitting there. No. So I'm like, waiver, waiver for him. Dude, yeah, if anyone yes. watching is in my work league, please don't. I don't know who to drop. I have to drop a defense because I have so many other good players, but I just need yeah. him. Anyway. Two last pieces of news here. Thanks for hanging on. Hopefully that coffee's good. Hey, Leonard Fournette. You know him, right? Yes. Super Bowl champion Leonard Fournette is scheduled to visit the Buffalo Bills today. He is supposed to help take place of Damian Harris's role, who suffered a scary uh, neck concussion injury, was uh, driven off in an ambulance on that game. James Cook and Latavius Murray pretty much split the backfield during that time. So obviously if Leonard Fournette does actually sign with the Bills, that could affect that running back rotation. Last piece here. Remember, we're heading into week seven. That trade deadline is coming up for the NFL, which means that Adam Schefter confirmed for us that the Broncos are indeed taking calls for their wide receivers. So keep that in mind for those that have Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or are interested in either of them for any reason. Week eight is the deadline, if I'm not mistaken, for the NFL team. So we've got a little bit of time. That is it for the news. So much to keep track of now. Let's talk about this very interesting week seven. Get us hyped up, Noah, and then let us down. Let's let's do it real quick, just for fun. I want to let you know. Um, for fun, I went ahead and you because just because you mentioned that Deontay Johnson was available in your work league, out of curiosity, oh. I was like, hey, I wonder if he's available in any leagues that I'm in. And Wes, in our in our family and friends league with your with your dad oh and, and my, my brother gosh. and all that stuff, he was just sitting there, and uh, and so, and because he is on IR, he did not play. 
and because I have Jeff Wilson on my roster, who's also on IR, who didn't play, I just went ahead and just picked up Deontay you Johnson. you got to be kidding me. I'm doing the news, man. <laughs> I can't do anything about this. I'm doing a show. I'm doing a show. You're sabotaging. That's it for the news. Listen, I would, listen. Lord. This just goes to show you we just we still we still benefit from each other here on Fourth and Troll Fantasy. I suppose. What a, what a oh. time to be alive here, man! What a, what Ridiculous. a good time. Sorry, I had, to, I had to get that in there before Hyped Up and Let Down. Listen, let's <laughs> jump into it. Hilarious. Hyped Up and Let Down. Short week for Hyped Up and Let Down. Uh, like I said, not a ton of not a ton of big performances that happened. Hyped Up, obviously, the Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert, thirty four point two fantasy points. Tyreek Hill, 28.3 fantasy points. Tua Tungabailoa, 28.5 fantasy points. Straight ballers. There you go. Nothing more to say about it. That is just how that went. And, hey, another guy I had us hyped up was just on the other side of the ball there. Adam Thielen, again, 11 catches on 13 targets for 115 and a touchdown. 28.5 fantasy points. Adam Thielen, I don't know where he's at at this point as far as where he's ranking on the year. We'll be reviewing our preseason rankings compared to where they're at now in just a couple of weeks check here for us <clears throat> but it's hilarious i mean i'm sure he is top seven i mean I, I bet he and i wouldn't be surprised if he's top five um you want to know last guy here yeah tell me three yeah i was gonna say it could he be he's top three and i was like three. okay tyreek jamar chase and adam Thielen. look it's at those Stephon guys Diggs. Oh, is then it? Thielen, then Chase, but yeah, Adam Thielen is top Unreal. five, and of course Puka Nakua, as we all suspected. Ha! Yeah, unbelievable. I love as it we all, as we all expected here. And then hey, Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, thirty point yes. four fantasy points, twelve catches on fifteen targets, one hundred and twenty four yards, and a touchdown. Special little shout out to Craig Reynolds for the block. On that touchdown oh, from yeah, St. Brown. Baby. Oh my goodness. One of the best blocks I have ever <sighs> seen. It was freaking awesome. Just five guys there have us hyped up. And just a few guys here have us let down. Brock Purdy, 9.7 fantasy points this week. Disappointment in the in the weather, in the against the tough defense. I know a lot of people want to say, well, he didn't have Christian McCaffrey and he didn't have Debo Samuel. Oh man, he only had George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and a, <laughs> the best defense in the NFL. <laughs> Get over it. All right, listen. Brock oh Purdy gosh. sucks. He had his worst game of his career. That's just how it happened. Everyone has one of those days, and and that's yeah. how it goes. Listen, it, it, it's funny. I heard somebody talking about it uh, on Monday, saying, you know, Brock Purdy had his worst game of his career, and like eight days ago, he had like his best game of his career. Like it, like it was just. That's how that happened, yeah. and so listen, he'll be it'll be all right. You know, four Niners will bounce back. They're a great team, great scheme, great offense. They'll be fine. Quick, quick shout out to Bryson yeah. because Noah, you did end up helping our fan Bryson because he listened to you between Mahomes oh, yeah. and Purdy. Yeah, look at that. So because hey, he go. believed in what you said, he ended up starting the better of the two. I hope you won because of it, but yeah. at least you know you didn't start the wrong quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Bryson. There you go. Hey, and then I already mentioned him here. You got George Kittle if McCaffrey and Debo are out. They've got to be, you know, Kittle's got to get the get all the work, right? Yeah, one catch for one yard. So there you go. There's that. Jamar Chase, 14 fantasy points this week. Not necessarily a 
lose you the week kind of week, but after a 52 point week two weeks ago, we had to <laughs> point out is here that. Yeah, we're let down by anything less than that at this point. So there you go. Uh, he did get 13 targets though, so he is obviously is involved. The uh, the the Seahawks defense really buckled down after that first quarter. Joe Burrow had like 120 yards in the first quarter, and then he finished with like 190 or something like that. Like it was just not yeah. a great, not a great game after the first quarter for them. And then Austin Eckler on Monday Night Football comes back, has his return. Tough defense, and I wondered how much of a workload thing it would be. He still did get 20 opportunities, so but 14 carries for just 27 yards. That that Dallas run defense was giving him nothing, and uh, and yeah. Kellen Moore knew it. He just he. The, the uh, Troy and Joe kept saying, you know, they want they wanted to try and establish this run, but they just cannot get anything going here. They were because Cowboys run defense was killing it. That's going to be it for hyped up and let down. Now let's jump into Fluker for real because we got to talk about obviously the names that you're considering here for your lineups. What do we think? What's going to happen? And we've got somebody returning to Fluker for real. For the second week in a row, a tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, 14.3 fantasy points, four catches six tar- on six targets for 43 yards and a touchdown. Finally gets his fourth touchdown of his career. My goodness. Good for him. <sighs> Fluker for real, Wes. I'm, I'm willing to say for real. I'm willing to... Uh, I think the Falcons offense is balancing out a little bit. Yeah. I think the, the, the rush attempts that they had last year are, you know, they're kind of regressing and they're evening out a little bit here. I mean, we saw it. Drake London. We'll talk about him. I mean, we just talk about him now, but Drake London, 21.5 fantasy points, but he had 12 targets. 12 targets on Sunday for Drake London is great. That's something we Amazing. have have yet to see. And something we, we knew Drake London was always talented. We just never believed in these Falcons pass catchers because we didn't think they were a passing offense. They might be turning the tide a little bit, and that's not much to affect B. John Robinson. He's still going to be fine. He's still going to have his touches. He's still making insane catches. Like He's still being <sighs> used very much in this offense here. But I, I think I'm willing to, like, if I'm a Kyle Pitts or Drake London owner, I think I feel, like, okay. Like, I think I feel, like, vaguely positive putting them in my lineup for, for until they prove me wrong again. Yeah. Until they prove me wrong again probably a couple times. Like, it's, it, and it's something I wasn't ready to, ready to come to terms with. But I think you could roll well, out Kyle Pitts. Like, I think, I think you can. It's, it's an exciting time. You know, he obviously, the touchdown helps him with his day. If he doesn't get the touchdown, he doesn't have as good of a day. But 14.3 from a tight end after following up a week of like 15 points or something like that when he had, I believe, eight or nine targets in that game last week. I Actually, I think, it was like 11, I think it was double digits. I think he had like 11 targets last week. I think so. Promising stuff here for the, for the Falcons yeah. offense, potentially. And then Jonu Smith, 13.6 fantasy points. We, we, I, think, I think he's maybe starting to fade a little bit, but he obviously gets in the end zone as well here. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. About about Janu as a tight end. Somebody I am excited about as a tight end is Michael Mayer, rookie oh, tight here end. He is finally the Las Vegas Raiders. Listen, I, I mean, we obviously we already talked about Jimmy Garoppolo exits the game with a back injury. 
But even when Jimmy G was in there, I think I believe he looked Michael Mayer's way at least twice while he was in that game. I, I mean, I was I wasn't watching it very very closely, but I believe I did see at least two targets for Mayer there. Congratulations, Raiders! You're using a highly drafted offensive weapon correctly. <laughs> good for you. Finally. That's Jeez. good to hear. There you go. I hope some people follow suit. Maybe in the absence of a starting running back, maybe in uh, the Motor City. Who knows? We'll see what happens mm-hmm. here. Uh, listen, Michael Mayer, 12.5 fantasy points, five catches on six targets for 75 yards. Five for 75 for a tight end is pretty impressive. Yeah. He's somebody that if he's on your waiver wire and you've been hopping around from Logan Thomas to, I don't know, John o. Smith to somebody else, I think Michael Mayer is somebody you might be able to put in a waiver claim for. He might be a little bit valuable there. I, I'm going to say I, – I, I'm like I don't want to say fluke because I think we all knew the talent he could be, but I, I, right. I definitely want to see it again. Well, I'm willing to use a Wednesday ad where I don't have to spend a priority to pick him up and leave him on my, on my bench. I'm not going to fire Michael right. Mayer up right away, right. but I mean, there's a reason that they compared him to Rob Gronkowski in college and why he was drafted so, so early. And he's, he is yeah. this good. So I know this will happen. I suspect that as the season goes on, this will be much more consistent. He'll get in the end zone as well. And then we're talking about a tight end that could push for 20 points. And especially yeah. in the postseason, if you have a tight end that's yeah. not named Travis Kelsey that can do that. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen because Devontae Adams is still on the team and Jacoby Myers is playing great. Yeah. But that's where Mayer's trajectory can go. So for the sake of it, for real. Yeah. Yeah, there, there will be better, better things to come here with Michael Mayer. I think it's going to be exciting excuse me, to watch him develop here and to play out. Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati Bengals. Wide receiver three, 16.8 fantasy points, seven catches on seven targets for 38 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I'm going to call for real on this. Dude. I'm, I'm, I'm going mean, to call for real here, and, I wanna, and, and I'll just give context to it. Tyler Boyd, listen – for a flex play, I think you can put Tyler Boyd in a flex if you need him every single week. Because Tyler Boyd has had seven or more targets in every single game since week two. Now, I know T. Higgins has been out, and I know that the offense is figuring things out, but in a, in a game where we, we found that the Bengals were kind of maybe figuring out the offense a little bit, especially after last week, where they were competitive. They looked like they were playing a little better. Joe Burrow didn't seem to be hindered by the calf too much. It just felt like more of a kind of like a bummed out game, kind of like we had all across the league this week. Yeah. Tyler Boyd gets in there seven targets and finds the end zone. Now listen, again, if he doesn't find the end zone, it's not as good of a game. But I I drafted Tyler Boyd in our listeners league, in our trollers league, Wes, because the trollers listened to us so much that they drafted all the people that I was excited about. So I was like, oh, same friggin' OK, I guess I'll take Tyler Boyd. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess we'll see what happens <laughs> here. And I realized, dude, dude has quietly been getting really good volume. It just hasn't resulted in much. I had to roll him out this week. 
pick the right week to do it. There you go. But I, so I think that. Tyler Tyler Boyd is probably maybe someone that people don't think about rostering. He might not be rostered in your league. I think he's worth picking up. He he gets the looks, and so sixteen point eight very well could be his best game of the season. But by no means am I like, nah, this is a fluke. I I don't know how I can say that when somebody is getting seven targets or more every single week. So that that's where I'm at on Tyler Boyd. Well, it's a bit of a uh, a teaser for our bad section of Fluka for Real because right. compared to T. Higgins and how it's been for T. Higgins lately, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm leaning the same. I'm leaning the same way you are on Tyler Boyd. It just feels like if he's getting this much attention in the offense, clearly Joe Burrow wants to get him the ball. He's running his yeah. routes well enough to get seven targets. And if you take out the touchdown, full PPR game, more than 10 points, that's that's not the worst thing yeah. in the world. So, I mean, obviously there are going to be games I think he's going to – I think 38 yards is pretty low for Tyler right. Boyd. That's so, what I was going to point out is that the 38 is the biggest concern here. And so I, the, he definitely needs to have better games. I want to look at his game log. I, I, something tells me that's probably his lowest – Yardage it probably is of the season. So you say but, uh, like we're on the same page that like the touchdown helped him get over ten points. But I say right. for the same reason, the thirty-eight yards is why he didn't have even more because I think it's a toss-up. You get one or the other. Maybe you get both, and he has a, a, a weak winning performance. But yeah, I, I'm, right. I'm with you. I'm willing to say this is for real, and. You know, obviously you can sell high and see what you get or package him to get someone that's really good as well. I have no problem with that. Right. But Tyler Boyd's been doing doing well. Yeah. So so he, this is pretty much where he's riding at is this around this 40-yard mark pretty much every single week. So, okay. I mean, he, he went 6 for 52 in week 2, 5 for 39, 4 for 26. Six for 39 in the Cardinals game, which he, he had a touchdown called back in that game off of – off of a penalty, he did ah, he did score, yes. but it came back there, so that could have been a better day for him. But and then seven for thirty eight in the touchdown, his first of the year. But eleven point two, eight point nine, and then a six point six, but then a nine point nine, a sixteen point eight. Like if you're in a deep league, Tyler Boyd, you could pop in as a flex if you need just like ten points around there, something like that. Twelve twelve team league would be a great option for Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I think specifically. which is which is where I have him when in, in our Trollers League West is a, is a twelve team league. With a deeper starting lineup as well, three wide receivers and two flex in that lineup, so more yep. things to consider there as well. So I mean, that is why I do have him there and why I was able to enjoy the benefits of him finding the end zone here. But uh, Tyler Boyd, deep league stash for sure, getting the volume. Dalton Schultz, hey, two weeks in a row now, he finds the end zone. He's getting the looks. He's getting targets. Sixteen point one fantasy points. I'm going to say fluke on this because it. I, I think it could continue until we get Tank Dell back. These things are what coincide here. Is Tank Dell has been gone for two weeks, and now Dalton Schultz for the past two weeks has been a solid look and a solid play. But when Tank Dell returns, I'm going to need to see what the, what the target outlook is like because – I thought his career was going to go die in Houston, but hey, he's had a couple of good weeks here, so it, it, it's good to see Dalton Schultz doing well. Uh, I like the seven targets. I like the sixty-one yards off of four catches. I mean, that's yeah, it's a lot of yards per catch. But 
And a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all, all those stats are, are really nice, and it's a, second, it's a consecutive week of this kind of performance. But I have to think that the wide receivers are the priorities. I have to think Nico Collins yeah. with Tank Dell are going to be much more reliable. And yeah. uh, one thing's for sure, that ground game is not going to help anybody in fantasy. <laughs> so yeah, I'd rather start, start Dalton oh. Schultz than Damian Pierce. I'd rather start Damian, or Dalton Schultz's rushing stats and rushing potential right, right now than da- over, over Damian, Damian Pierce. Yeah. Hey, Devin Singletary... Maybe a sneaky waiver ad. He he took over the backfield work this week. It was very interesting yeah. to see. We'll see what happens there with Dalton Schultz. I think it's going to be semi for real until Tank Dell gets back. Uh, Curtis Samuel. This is interesting. Three weeks in a row now he has scored touchdowns. Three weeks in a row now he has uh, outperformed Jahan Dotson. Three weeks in a row now he's... He's getting double-digit fantasy points, Curtis Samuel is. I think this is for real. I picked him up like on a whim because I was like, this probably isn't a thing, but I, I, I need kind of some wide receiver depth here. And Hey, last year we were like, yeah, Curtis Samuel is being used in this offense, and I think he's, I think he's being used again. I don't understand why. Like, I don't think Curtis Samuel is a better athlete than Jahan Dotson, but like, that's how it's happening. So I guess we. John Dotson had zero points this week. He had one target. Curtis Samuel, four catches, four targets, 42 and a touchdown. Like it's. That's freaking awesome if you're needed. If you did a desperation Curtis Samuel play. Like there you go. So. I, if I kind don't of buy for real. It. Like I just don't I, don't. I don't know what to do here. Like it's. I, do we just bench all like Washington commanders besides. Brian Robinson on a good matchup week. I Terry McLaurin had like a high target game this week, but I mean, it, I don't know. I just I don't see it's the same thing that happened with Jahan Dotson to start out last year. Do you remember he had like two touchdowns his first game ever, and then like two more touchdowns his second game ever, and it was like off of six catches at most. Yep. And it's just it's not sustainable enough for me to buy into it. I, I I like what happened with Curtis Samuel last year as well. But what Curtis Samuel was also doing last year was running. He had a lot of rushing attempts right. last year, and that was what was helping him s- sustain his fantasy success. And so right now I'm just I'm not buying it again. I, I, I I'm happy for those that may have thrown him in for a random reason, but I, I have to say fluke. Yeah. You gave a look. I, what did you find out? Well, do you have a guess on where Curtis Samuel is ranked so far this season? Like wide receiver? Um, yeah, I actually do because it's related to know? our Thursday night. It's it's uh, somewhere in like the teens well, or 20. It's, it's a little further back than that, but it, Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver 24 on the season. 24. I didn't realize okay. in week one he had such a – he had like a productive game then too. He's, he's – Curtis Samuel, since week one, 11 points and then 6.2 and then 7.4, but then 18.2, 18.5, and then 14.2 this week. And I'm like, he had – he scored a touchdown three straight – 
I don't know. I can't. It feels like Gabe Davis like to me almost, but like I'm like yeah. baffled that he is a top twenty four wide receiver right now. I, I gotta, I gotta. Pray you let about us know that. in the comments. That, what do you think gotta, about the yeah, Commanders team? Going on here, is Curtis Samuel reliable? Three straight weeks with a touchdown. Is that sustainable? What do you yeah. let us know? Drop a comment. Give us your opinion on this because we're kind yeah, of torn on, on this. Yeah, and while we're here, I mean, we'll just discuss Sam Howell, 24.3 fantasy points, 151 yards, and three touchdowns in their victory over Atlanta. Bit of a difference from their Thursday night game in Chicago when they threw for they threw the ball 51 times, only 23 passes yeah. in this game. They were able to rely on the ground game a little bit more. I, I, it's kind of fluky, but Sam Howell is... Whether it be the system or whether it be what he's kind of doing here, he he's producing for fantasy. So mm-hmm. he may be like a matchup dependent, like streaming option. If if you're in need, if you've got people on a bye week this week, if you're in a bind there, if you I don't know why you would have Tannehill, but if you just lost Tannehill, or or maybe you lost Justin Fields, like like Howell may not be a be a terrible option. I don't know who they have on the schedule this upcoming week. Oh, the Giants. So, hey, maybe nice. Sam Howell is going to be a stream of the week. Who knows? There you go. I don't know. <laughs> Josh Allen didn't do all that great yeah. against the Giants yeah. defense, dude. Well, I, here's here's my take on Sam Howell. He's definitely a great fill-in for a bye week or an yeah. injury. He is working in fantasy. I would not qualify him as a starting quarterback in fantasy. Mm. But in this bye week, we've got Joe Burrow out. We've got Dak Prescott out. We've got C.J. Stroud out. Yeah, Sam Howell can certainly take over for one of those three quarterbacks, and yeah. and you'll do just fine. So yeah. even though 151 yards is barely anything in this NFL, that's three touchdowns, fine. Either way, he's going to get you points, and yeah. for real. Yeah, you should be all right. Kareem Hunt. 16.1 has a little bit of a good game here, even though he is still behind Jerome Ford here, and Jerome Ford still had himself a fine day as well for the in NFL standards. But Kareem Hunt is 16.1 fantasy points, 12 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown, three catches for 24 yards. I mean, he still played behind Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford played 38 snaps. Kareem Hunt played 28 snaps. Is this a changing of the guard here, or was it just like, hey, we need to do whatever works against the 49ers to be able to win this game? I'm calling a fluke on this. I think so, too. I think Jerome Ford is still the lead back, and you've got the exact snap count numbers, but the percentage is Jerome Ford 50 and Kareem Hunt 37. And it's a backup quarterback starting. So let's not forget that whenever Deshaun Watson feels like playing football again, that'll change. But I I mean, just also for the context of the game, they fed Jerome Ford for that final drive to get that game winning field goal. That is what they did to wind down the clock. It wasn't in Kareem Hunt's hands. Sure. Hunt got the touchdown, but for me, this is, this is a fluke and sell high and buy low on Jerome yeah. Ford. Huh. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for that. Uh, Rashid Shaheed, 18.3 fantasy points, two catches, 
but they go for 85 yards and a touchdown and a couple carries for 18 yards. He had six targets, 18.3 fantasy points. I, I think this is fluky. I think when yeah. you catch a deep ball touchdown and then your only other catch is like another like pretty deep ball catch, you're going to have a decent week. So if anyone played him, they're happy, but I don't think he's a reliable start. We'll get into that a little more in our Thursday Night Football preview, but I just think it's a bit fluky here for Rish Shashid. Rashid Shahid. Shashid yeah. Shahid. Uh, Zach Moss, hey, 17.9 fantasy points. Another week with Jonathan Taylor. Another week where Zach Moss is the better fantasy scorer. But only seven rushes for 21 yards and a touchdown. He gets the rushing touchdown. But six catches for 38 yards. I'm going to say for real because he's still going to hold value. But the the situation is is evolving here in Indianapolis. It's going to shift. It's going to change. Zach Moss played 39 snaps, whereas Jonathan Taylor played only 33 snaps. So not much of a difference there. Even though last week, Jonathan Taylor was only playing like 15% of snaps, like around yeah. there. But both of these guys had 14 opportunities each. So it was a, it really was a split here. And I do believe that they aren't just going to keep Zach Moss heavily involved when they just pay Jonathan Taylor all this money. I do believe that Zach Moss still will have like flex value, but Jonathan Taylor will be taking over here. So I, I'm going to call fluke on this, but I mean, I, I think it's, it's hard because he's played so well. He's and played they, they, really well, man. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just freaking, maybe this is just Shane Steichen doing a, a committee. Like maybe this is what I, this is. I, I I think I think we're gonna see more often than not low double digit scores from Zach Moss. Yeah, like the eleven and twelve I, point I th- games. Yeah. Yeah, I th- but I think he can get in the end zone one way or another because right twenty one rushing yards and a touchdown would t- and s- the just the rushing stats seven rushes twenty one yards one touchdown. It's like all right, you, you kind of just were in the game and happened to score the touchdown, but then you look at right. a PPR value. And seven targets, seven six targets, catches, yeah. and 38 yards. It's like, well, frick, in, in fantasy, PPR value goes so, so far that it's like, yeah, he's, he's probably, eventually he's not going to be doing better than Jonathan Taylor, but there's no reason to drop him. There's no reason to move on from Zach Moss unless you can get someone, you got a piece that you need. That's all I'll say. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. Hey, his teammate, though, Michael Pittman Jr., 19.9 fantasy points, nine catches for 109 yards, 14 targets. This feels for real, uh, especially with Gardner Minshew. I do believe that this is going to continue. I think this is a very, very telling game for them to, you know, it feels like Minshew's going to be the guy for this season now probably. Michael Pittman Jr., great option there for your fantasy lineups. That's for real. Kendrick Bourne. 19.3 fantasy points. We saw a little bit of this in week one where Kendrick Bourne had this big game. <laughs> yeah. And then he did nothing for like four weeks, and now he's back with another big game. 11 targets, 10 catches, 89 yards. Yeah, this is fluke. It's Don't trust this. Don't roll this out. But his teammate, Ramondre Stevenson, 18 <laughs> fantasy points. Hey, Dude. we were a little worried about a little bit worried about how the offense was looking, how the backfield was breaking down, if he was going to lose time to – to Ezekiel Elliott, 
Wondre Stevenson with 18 fantasy points on Sunday, 10 rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown, six targets in the passing game. That is what we were looking for here. Mm-hmm. Five catches for 24 yards gets the PPR you value. You called it. Here's the, I, I, I hope you guys traded for him. I know I did. I know my wife did. I know another one of my buddies did. This I is did. a good thing here. You did. Yeah, I just I, for you did you did this morning. I forgot about that. You had that <laughs> off on yeah. the table and smashed accept. There you go. Uh Ramondre Stevenson, though. Thirty nine snaps to Ezekiel Elliott's twenty three. And I don't know if you guys were watching that game. Ramondre Stevenson was forced to miss pretty much that entire third quarter being evaluated for an injury. And he still outsnapped Ezekiel Elliott thirty nine to twenty three. Yeah, like it, it, I was. I here's what happened. My wife was out. I was watching the games. I knew she had just traded for Andre Stevenson. She got home. I said, "Hey, you're looking like you're going to win your matchup this week." I do have bad news though, and she was like, "Who got hurt?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ramondre Stevenson, the guy you just traded for." And she was like, "Oh, stinks." And I was like, "I know. We'll we'll look at the waiver wire. We'll see. We'll see what would be the best option for you." Um. And then I'm just watching again, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, what? Ramondre Stevenson's out there. What's going on? I'm like, what, did, what just happened? I'm like, I'm like, did he not get concussed? Like, I don't know if you saw the injury. I was like, I definitely I thought the, the dude time. got concussed, but I was like, what? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, he's back out there. Oh. Oh my gosh, you just no, scored a they were going to win. They were going to win if he kept playing. Right. So, so he stepped yeah. aside. They had to take him out for, for a quarter. Caleb Williams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. But hey, Ramondre Stevenson proving to be the trade target that we wanted here, along with Brees Hall, who has been really exciting. He had a really good game. But Ramondre Stevenson, 18 points. This is for real. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was coming. Keep rolling him out there. Get excited. Um, Alvin Kamara, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But 17.4 fantasy points, this is for real. I'm going to leave it at that. Dude. I'm going to leave it at that because we're going to talk about it on Thursday Night Preview. But I, I just 17.4 okay. is for real, and I love Alvin Kamara. That is where we're at with this. Zay Flowers, baby. Zay <laughs> Flowers, yes. six catches on eight targets, 50 yards, and a touchdown. His first touchdown of his NFL career does it in London. Gotta London, love him, I, man. Yeah, he gets, yeah, he yeah. gets it done in London. I, and his man, if you guys didn't see his touchdown celebration, it was awesome. He he was he mind that he was like carrying like a basket of flower petals, and he was just dropping them down the aisle as he was <laughs> as he, after scoring his touchdown and giving himself his flowers there. But hey, this is for real. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to come. Zay Flowers played more snaps than Mark Andrews on Sunday ran as many routes as him, and he leads the team in targets on the year by 12. He has a 12-target margin between him and anybody else on that team. I know everyone's been injured, but he is proving himself to be Lamar's top guy. Mark Andrews is behind him by 12 targets, but and I know he missed week one, but still 12-target lead on those guys is, is for real. Zay Flowers, keep rolling him out. We're excited to see him find the end zone. Yep. We hope it keeps on happening here. It's, it's going to be exciting. Finally. Garrett Wilson, 17 points. Got banged up a couple times in this game. But 12 targets, 8 catches for 90 yards. 
he's we said it after week one he's gonna have his value his ceiling's just been a little deteriorated that was the reason why i ended up trading him away after week one i just needed to get some more some more assets here which was acquiring uh raheem mostert and zay flowers in that trade, which was hysterical yeah. which is just so funny Jeez. um but Garrett Wilson, 17 points. I think this is for real. I, th- I think this yes. offense is figuring some stuff out. I cannot believe this Jets team is 3-3 three and three going into the bye week They're after losing Aaron Rodgers four snaps into his Jets career. It's, it's, They're a game it's, behind they, Buffalo. They're, they're a little gutsy team. They're a gutsy team, and it's interesting to see. And, and, and good for Zach Wilson, man. Good for him. If you guys watched Hard Knocks, you know, you saw him and how he just took it like a took it like a took it like a man, took it like a pro to just just take take it on the chin. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come in. You're getting you're getting booted even though you were the second overall pick. Take it on the chin and uh, just take a chance to learn from him. And he did. And the, and the offense is humming a little bit better. It seems like so. It'll be interesting to see. They've got a bit of a up and down schedule after the bye week but Garrett Wilson this is for real like you don't I don't think you need to be worried about rolling him out I, I think like we've we thought been, he would be we've been waiting for his value to return like this since I think about yeah. week two and and it's just been holding out because he's the kind of player who is so immensely talented that you just have to start him and hope that something goes his way and here's the great thing no touchdowns. I love when a player yeah. is on Fluker for real on the good segment without a touchdown because that, yeah. to me, just solidifies his stats, his productions. It's sustainable. Eight catches, 12 targets, 90 yards. I mean, you know what I also think is really contributing to why Garrett Wilson is even more for real than just a really good game against the Eagles is Brees Hall is I was going to say, do you want me to out. guess or are you just going to keep rolling with it? Because I was oh, going to say that. Yeah, keep going. Brees Hall, and this is what we were talking about and, and the news that Robert Sala announced that they finally took Brees Hall off the pitch count. Back-to-back dominating weeks from Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson didn't do that great against Denver, but it's something clicked and it's happening and you can continue to roll him out. Take the good and the bad with Garrett Wilson. Hopefully you make your way to the championship with him because he was a first or second round pick for a lot of people and it's tough to get rid of him. But I think I think yeah. we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be okay, especially as we just continue on. They get a bye week, extra time to prepare. It's going to be interesting to see how the offense is moving. And I'm not entirely sure that Eric Rodgers doesn't think he's going to come back and play sometime this season. Dude, like this dude's Achilles like a month ago, and he's like walking around throwing a ball pregame, no crutches, no walking boot, no any. Dude, what did what did they teach you in that darkness retreat? What's going on here? He's channeling the inner darkness. I don't know what's happening here. It sounded (laughs) like he's like in the Illuminati. That's not what I heard. But like, yeah. Oh, it is. I'll say it. No, it's. Um, I have no idea. We'll see what happens here with the Jets, but good for Garrett Wilson getting his fantasy value back up there. Hey, Chuba Hubbard, I think, is going to be the starting running back in Carolina after this bye week. He, I think, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna take Miles Sanders' job, or at the very best, it's gonna be like a, like a sixty forty split for Miles Sanders versus Chuba Hubbard, maybe even fifty fifty, but. Chuba Hubbard looks better than Miles Sanders does in these in these two games where we've seen him be the feature back. Or we just saw just this one game with the feature back, but 
in the games where he was taking more snaps and more priority because Miles Sanders has been a little bit injured. Yeah, Hubbard looks good. Like, I picked him up just because I needed a running back this week to play, and I had Deontay Foreman, and it was like, oh, when it got announced that Miles Sanders was out, I was like, oh, Hubbard's there on available for me. I might as well. I'm, I think I'm going to grab him. Maybe he gets a maybe he gets in the end zone. I feel a little better about him versus Foreman, who's been a healthy scratch this entire season. And I don't think I'm going to drop him. I don't think I am. I think, yeah. I think I'm going to keep him in the lineup because I think he, he, I think he, at least on the bench, for us to see what happens after this bye week. Because if you picked up Chuba Hubbard just off of a, off of a whim, and then we come back in in week eight, and they play, and it's like, oh wow, Chuba Hubbard, yeah, got sixty percent of snaps and got the majority of the receiving work from the backfield and the majority of the carries. They're changing the offensive scheme here. And uh, the new the offensive play caller in Carolina, Joe, uh, Frank Reich, just announced on Monday that he was turning over the play calling duties to the offensive coordinator. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I'm not sure. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think this is. The, I think this could be for real. Two two points I want to add, and then we'll finish up the good portion because there's not much left in our Fluga for real segment here. Uh, yeah. One, um, 19 carries is kind of crazy to me, knowing. How the Dolphins just steamrolled the Panthers after the first quarter. So to be, I mean, it was what was right. it, the final score? Forty-two to twenty-one. Forty-two to um, twenty-one. Yeah. Dude, I mean, the Panthers were up fourteen to nothing, and as Dolphins fans, you and I were like, um, "Are we in trouble?" And then the Dolphins were like, "And go!" And they just destroyed yeah. just nineteen like, hey, carries. Let's get it here. Yeah. Being down for. Almost for three fourths of the game, nineteen carries. That is huge. I mean, this, this and, game was so lopsided. And no wonder that. it was it was eighty eight yards on nineteen. Like they were running the ball well against yeah. the Dolphins' defense. It was like, yeah, oh, Chuba Hubbard looks like kind of really good right now. Like he's he's yeah. moving the ball well here, and so and, 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 and you know who? You th- go ahead. And I was just going to add on. You think about Hubbard, and you think about PPR value. He had one target. Like this, this, this sixteen-point game came from the, came from the, the the run game. It wasn't like he had a a big PPR game. You think about him; it was a third down back, a scat back. He gets the dump offs, the screen passes, stuff like that. No, he wasn't involved in the passing game. Like it was, it, he just ran the ball well, and and I think it's something to yeah. monitor here. I think it could be. I think it could be for real. It's just funny because last year with Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, he was the PPR back. So right. it's going to see what it looks like when, when Miles Sanders is there. But uh, the second thing I wanted to say, you have such great integrity, my friend Noah, because you went into the season saying that Miles Sanders was potentially going to be a top 10 running back. And here you are with uh, yeah. you know, the, full, the full grace to admit like it looks like that Miles Sanders may not be the guy. And so I just want to... I just want to respect that and show that yeah. you really are for the people and for the success am, of fantasy yeah. football. Well, hey, this is uh, it's good to see a Carolina Panthers running back doing this. I, I, this is what I thought the potential sure. could be for Miles Sanders here. And so um, it's just not been great. And the offense hasn't been great. Hubbard looks better than Miles Sanders has, whether it be it could be because he's been a little banged up. I know Hubbard uh, or I know Sanders got in the end zone against Seattle in their game with Andy Dalton starting, but yeah, I I, I don't think Sanders loses like any like I don't think he's gonna be like 
drop him or get him at like what or, or or get him out of your lineup or anything. But I think you need to take a week after the bye week to see what's gonna what it's gonna look like. And I and I think he could still hold flex value because I think he could still be involved. I think I think ultimately sure. they paid the guy. They want to play the guy they paid. Or hey, maybe he gets traded. <laughs> he could be a trade deadline candidate. We'll have to see about that. But mm. um, definitely gonna be interesting there because I know they are looking for a true number one wide receiver. Huh. Who knows what that means? Because they traded one away to get the number one overall pick. Anyways, yeah. hey, Wandell Robinson, another guy here we're just going to talk about it real quick. 14.2 fantasy points, eight catches on eight targets for 62 yards. He was a sleeper guy last year. It seems like he is finding his place in this offense to, to be able to get eight targets. I know it was with Tyrod Taylor. I'm not completely convinced that Daniel Jones returns even next week, so maybe this continues again. If he's available, he should probably be somebody you're grabbing off your waiver wire there. I think this has the potential to be kind of for real. When you get eight targets and you catch every single one of them, you garner a little bit more trust in the offensive coordinator's mind and the quarterback's mind, that kind of thing. So he is going to be involved for sure. He is the slot guy. He should be involved. Brandon Cooks, hey, who would have thought he would almost outscore – C.D. Lamb on Monday Night Football. He finally gets involved here. Four Wild. catches, four targets, 36 yards and a touchdown. He has the, the one carry on the end around. 15-point week for him. He helped me win a week at a dynasty league, actually, just because I, I needed Hilarious. to throw somebody in there. And the guy I was oh playing gosh. against had C.D. Lamb. And I was like, okay, I just can't let C.D. Lamb outscore Brandon Cooks by, like, six points. And I was like, yeah, like like fun that's going to happen and then it does so there you go so i mean fun times <laughs> there but this is this is i want to see it again but it's encouraging it's exciting to see Dak prescott being able to use more weapons than just tony pollard and cd lamb so i do yeah. want to see it again here but he this is this is interesting you know we i, I was I like pretty it more high than brandon Gallup. cooks last year i do as well i do as well so it's exciting to see brandon cooks be involved get those targets up a little bit the yards obviously aren't there he gets saved by a little bit of a touchdown but we'll see what happens there and then lastly Savan Ahmed 12.4 fantasy points <sighs> fun game to watch exciting to see him score obviously he helps me win in my fantasy in the in the trollers league this is this is a little bit fluky though I do believe I yeah. think once Jeff Wilson returns we're gonna need <laughs> to see how this backfield plays out but one week wonder there for Savon Ahmed. Thank yeah. you, Savon. I appreciate. It's, I appreciate the help. It's here. amazing how how reliable Miami Dolphins players are in fantasy. I mean, right? Do you yeah. need you need you need to fill in. Nobody's there. Just throw in chosen Anderson. See, maybe he yeah. sneaks Let's in for a touchdown. Seventy-five yard touchdown. Yeah, they're the all best right, offense the of all time. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump to the bad side of Fluger for real, real quick. Jump through some of these guys here. Some big names on here. Puka Nakua, 6.6 fantasy points. This is a fluke. Buy low if the if the Puka Nakua manager is is, uh, is is freaking out in your league. I know I own Puka in a lot of leagues. I'm not freaking out. I'm ready to keep rolling it back out there. Here's why. Puka Nakua, 33% target share. 33%. Like, like he, he got a 33% target share, while Cooper Cup had, like, a 40% target share. He dropped a touchdown, like a diving touchdown in the first half. That it was a little, would have been a challenging catch. He could, might have been able to bring it in, but he, de- he ended up dropping it. So, disappointing week, but if, if someone's freaking out, buy low. I, I'm serious. Puka is going to have to be yeah. just fine. When you're getting over a 30% target share, like, it's not, it's not <clears> something <throat> to worry about. I have nothing to add. Uh, I think this yeah. is a fluke. He's going to be just fine. Yeah. There you go. Devontae Smith. This one's a little tough. 
this one's tough because for the first couple weeks, we saw an offense that we thought, hey, week one was a little bit of a throwaway, some bad weather, weird game against the Patriots. We'll see what happens here. And then I was like, ah, this Vikings game. He got the deep ball touchdown, and then he got the deep catch, and you know we were like, yeah, that's the guy we knew. And then since then, he just hasn't really been a factor for this offense. It's It's been A.J. Brown. So Devontae Smith with 9.4 fantasy points. The encouraging sign here is 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 the 11 targets. That's the encouraging sign. But he does not look like himself, and A.J. Brown does seem to be the clear-cut alpha receiver. It does seem to feel like A.J. Brown is going to be frequently the first look in the in this offense. So it, it's it's not necessarily a. I, mean, I think like Devontae Smith could have more of like a last year's Jalen Waddle type of season where like he has the weeks where he has like thirty five points and like thirty points and like he has those weeks like every now and then and he's like the top five wide receiver that week. But then there's also gonna be weeks where he's like a the wide receiver like 55 and like it's just not that good of a week for Devontae Smith so uh, it's it's probably for real unfortunately sad to say I'm so done with this man because because here's the thing you can't bench him you can't not start Devonta Smith especially because it's 11 targets yeah, it's just so it's so frustrating because you know that it only takes one game and then he's going to be back and it's going to be great. Maybe following their first loss, maybe following this first loss, Devonta Smith can pull Jalen Hurts aside and be like, g- g- I, I also play on the team. Yeah. Okay, you can't just keep giving everything to AJ. Okay. Yeah. I, I. It's it's so frustrating. I mean, I don't have any issue with people wanting to trade him away. Try to get equal value at the very best. It's going to be so hard. But I mean, <sighs> it's tough. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, and not what we hope for for Devontae Smith this season. So we're struggling here Shoot a little bit. Fourth frick. and second. I had to get it out. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. That's perfect. That was a great way to put it. Wes, you want to just rapid fire these? Please these, do. These last few. Ready? Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you, Devontae Adams, 4.9 points, fluker for real. Uh, for real, but you got to lock him in because it's Devontae Adams. Exactly. There you go. DJ Moore, 10.1 points, fluker for real. For real. There's no Justin Fields. He's not going to get what he needs. That's my take. Yeah. This is for Until- real. Until Fields returns. Yeah, until Fields returns, this is for real. Hey, Amari Di Mercado, 2.7 points. <laughs> for real? No. Bye. Yeah. Let's not, Bye. Just no, no Cardinals running back matters <laughs> until James Conner comes back. There you go. Right. Keontae Ingram, same thing. 7.1 fantasy points. Bye. Good for you. For, for real. There you go. Brandon Ayuk, 11.6. Fluke. He's going to be just Fluke. fine. Bad game He'll for Purdy right. whole offense. He'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Taylor, 11.5 points here. I, I, I mean, I'm going to say fluke on this. I think he gets more involved. Already called it, just as you said earlier about Zach Moss. Yeah, that's fluke. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins and DeAndre Hopkins, four points and then three points. T. Higgins? T. Higgins I'm worried about. Uh, yeah. I think you still start him another week, but I am on the border of calling this for real. There's something, something mm-hmm. about this that I'm not liking here in Cincinnati. Yeah. 
Uh, Hopkins, one catch for 20 yards on five targets. Freaking called it last week, dude. Titans That's what he are said. The, We're like, he's never going to have this favorite team this year ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so disappointing here for DeAndre Hopkins. Last one is James Cook, 7.1 fantasy points, 14 carries for 71 yards. Let's just take a minute here. One minute. I think James Cook might be like matchup dependent. I think like it, it like it, like in it's games possible. where they're kind of cruising, James Cook seems to be very involved and in doing well. But like in in games over the past two weeks where they're not, he he hasn't really been involved very much when the like the Bills are struggling. Like when they're comfortable, James Cook has a good week. When they're not, he's not having a great week. And so, I, I, listen, he's still very efficient. This, this 71 yards on 14 carries is great. Almost more, just more than five yards a carry. The zero yeah. targets bothers me a little bit. But it I also agree. felt like no one was being targeted unless your name was Stefan Diggs in that game. So I, I'm not going to call it like a throwaway, but I, I'm not like bailing out on James Cook. But I'm definitely monitoring it pretty close over the next week or two just to, just to see here. So we'll... We, we'll see where we would have called the Giants an easy matchup, and it came down literally to the finals. It came down to zeros right. on the been. clock and a free play on the goal line. So, right. I mean, James Cook, 71 yard. All of his points came on the ground, which is impressive for yeah. a Bills running back because that is not easy to do. And I feel I do feel fine. I feel fine. Um Especially because I don't, I honestly don't think Leonard Fournette is going to be involved any more than maybe Dalvin Cook is in New York. Uh, And, you know, Latavius Murray is going to bother James Cook owners with opportunities that should go to Cook. But honestly, I look at this, I still saw it's a fluke. I think it's going to be just fine. You roll them out, maybe buy low. I don't know. If people are going to be yeah. willing to give him up, but I think it's okay. You make a great point that the 7.1 comes all on the ground. If he has three catches for 20 yards in this game, he's he's looking at a 12. He's not on our segment. And you're, and you're feeling, <laughs> yeah, and you're feeling, you're feeling, you know, it wasn't what you had a couple weeks ago, but you're like, you're like, all right, yeah, that was, that was fine. So get him involved in the passing game a little bit more. He'll be all right. Listen. Hyped up and let down. Some big stuff to break down there. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to go through our waiver wire real quick and then a little bit of a Thursday Night Football preview. My top waiver ad for this week, he was a he was a risky start for me on Thursday night during week six. It's Rashi Rice. He is rostered in only 55% of leagues. That should be way up. We know that we have said in the past there's not a Chiefs wide receiver that matters. Rashi Rice matters. It, it, he's proving himself mm. to be... Mahomes' guy outside of Travis Kelsey. And uh, and this offense is a little different. And it's not, you know, it's not just Travis Kelsey anymore. Isaiah Pacheco is involved. And they seem to be involving Rashi Rice. He had four catches for 72 yards. They threw to him on some clutch plays, on some plays where they needed things to happen. I I think Rashi Rice is really going to be proving himself worthy of a roster spot, especially over the next few weeks. They have like they play the Broncos again in like two weeks. And I, and I think they play the Chargers this nice. week. Like I think it's just going to be like it's like we just it's going to be a fun time for Rashi Rice, especially over the next couple of weeks. So get him now while you can. He's my top waiver out of the week. It's Rashi Rice. 
Thank you for reminding us about him because I think it's easy to forget how we did from Thursday night yeah. of week six. And yeah, he seems to be the clear number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. And even though Mahomes mm -hmm. isn't lighting it up the way that he has been in the previous years, it's nice to see a Chiefs wide receiver that we have any kind of comfort and confidence throwing into our flex. So, and it yeah. is, I understand why he isn't rostered in, in, I mean, he's roster about fifty-five percent of leagues, maybe from what I saw. Um, but it, he will be rostered in eventually by a lot of teams, so it's good to get him now while people have forgotten right. about him. He's gone with yeah. the wind. Hundred percent. Hit me with hit me with your top waiver ad, and then we'll jump to a Thursday night football preview. I want uh, to tag team with you about why I don't think Jordan Mason should be your waiver wire ad mm. uh, because. Jordan Mason is not Christian McCaffrey, and he is not yeah. going to do what McCaffrey does. It's something that just continues to slip people's mind when someone steps in. Like, yes, get the backup, get the handcuff, and if someone goes down, obviously it's good to have. But, like, you're not going to get Noah Gray when Travis Kelsey goes down. Right. They, they, they're not the same player. It, it, it's yeah. it's not how that works. And so Jordan Mason, okay, fine. You want to go get him? Okay. We're going to start him for maybe this one week that McCaffrey's out. I don't I don't think so. It's yeah. it's maybe if you're going to get him by any reason, maybe you just trade him away. You have anything to add to that note before I give you my waiver wire ad? No, and especially Elijah Mitchell has seen uh, a starting role in this offense before, so he was coming off of injury. Jordan Mason did play the primary backup role in this this last game when Christian McCaffrey went out, but I do think Elijah Mitchell does end up getting involved as well. So, and I, I don't even feel super confident in rostering Elijah Mitchell and rolling him out there. I think I think the only right. people picking up picking up Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell this week need to, should should be Christian McCaffrey owners. Like I don't think you are. I don't think you need to be picking up Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell if you're not a Christian McCaffrey owner. Like I, I'm sure you have a better option over w the, one of those two guys. I, I, I'm sure. They play the Steelers. It's a tough defense. So I, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Let, let me know who. I'm excited to hear. I don't know this. Who is your waiver? You don't know yet. You don't know because it literally took until I hit record for me to decide because I could not figure out who I wanted my waiver wire to be, and I have settled on. Titans running back Tajay Spears. Once again, yeah. I want to advocate for this guy, okay? He did yeah. not have a solid week. He had about seven points. He did not have what looks like a sustainable week because all of his points pretty much came on one catch and run that went yeah. almost to the end zone, but it was a great catch and run. But here's what I want to share, because once again, we know that in, this, in the offseason, Derrick Henry was rumored to be traded. Ryan Tannehill is probably going to miss at least this week. He may not, but he may miss multiple weeks. And we all know that Malik Willis and Will Levis are not starting quarterback. They are not ready to play in the NFL. They're not going to be able to do this, so you have to depend on other players. The Titans are already depending on Tajay Spears. He had a 56% snap count on in the London game against the Ravens. 
He has had more than 52% snap count in five of their six games they've played. He has out-snapped Derrick Henry half of the time. Three of the six games, he's been on the field more than Derrick Henry. If, yeah. if, that's not, if that's not a red flag for Derrick Henry owners, then I don't know what is. I know that he just, Derrick Henry got in the end zone, had nearly a 20-point game. Good for you. I'm happy that you are at least getting some value from your second, third-round pick. But Tajay Spears is starting to be involved in this offense, especially in the PPR game. It doesn't look sustainable, but Henry's not playing his best, and Tajay Spears needs to be on rosters before something happens in Tennessee. So that's my pitch once again to consider getting Spears as your waiver wire ad. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I grabbed Spears in a couple leagues last week because I, I saw the potential. We're hammering it home here. Tajay Spears needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. He should be on every on a roster in every single league. He is worth the roster ad. If he's out there, go grab him. I'd consider spending a decent amount of fab to get, like spend up by a couple bucks if you need to, to, to secure him because I think he is going to be a legitimate weapon for this offense, continuing in and out. Obviously, when you don't have much going on in the passing game, <laughs> what are we? Are we going to Nick Westbrook Akine or a rookie running back on a screen pass who's shown explosiveness and wants to prove himself? So I, I love yeah. it. Tajay Spears is one of my favorite one of my favorite ads this week as well. So I'm I'm all in on that and I love it a lot. Perfect. So Thursday Night Football preview, we've got the Jaguars taking on the New Orleans Saints in Louisiana at the Superdome on Thursday night. It's going to be a fun one, hopefully. Please don't curse us again Thursday Night Football, but we should have a fun game here. Let's do must-starts, risky starts, and don't-starts to close out the show. Wes, real quick, who is your must-start on Thursday night? I think it's time to admit that we've got to lock in Christian Kirk in our lineups, man. Yep. I mean, he is one of the most consistent, reliable wide receivers in fantasy this season. Since week two, he is averaging 16 and a half points a game. Come on, yeah. man. That's great. He's seen at yeah. least six targets a game. He scored twice. He is so reliable, so consistent. And he's a great option for even a wide receiver, too let alone a flex option. Yeah. So let's just, I know, I mean, obviously right now we don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play or not, but Christian Kirk for me, it needs to be in starting lineups and he's a great way to kick off your week because you're going to, he's going to meet the projection. He's going to do great. And if he gets in the end zone, he's going to have a solid week. So he's a lock for me. You've got to start Christian Kirk. Yeah. A hundred percent. Christian Kirk should be started every single week. Now we all were super worried. He was a borderline drop candidate after week one with zero points. We thought, Whew, Calvin Ridley's taking over this <laughs> yeah. offense. Christian Kirk is done for. No way, Jose. And then he comes out, and he just proves himself week in and week out after that. He is a key piece of this offense, and Trevor Lawrence is looking to him a lot in this offense. So Christian Kirk is definitely somebody that must be in lineups for Thursday night. Another guy here that has to be started, a must-start for Thursday night, just instilling confidence here for you guys. It's Alvin Kamara. He has been absolutely unbelievable for fantasy football since he returned. He has had 24-plus touches in every game this season that he has played in. Over the last three weeks, three straight weeks of 24 or more touches for the Saints offense. He is heavily involved in the run game, heavily involved in the passing game. It's It honestly is a no-brainer. I'm just... I'm... 
I'm rolling him out as a must-start because I'm just so excited to watch him on primetime in New Orleans. Maybe get a little bit of shades of, of Christmas Day from a couple years ago. Maybe we'll have a six-touchdown game. Who knows? But he is absolutely electric, and I'm super excited about him. He He's turning into maybe one of the best draft day values based on how he is performing because he was sliding and falling in fantasy football drafts because of the suspension. Alvin Kamara could have helped you, probably helped you win your week each of the last three weeks that he's been playing because he's been putting up very, very good fantasy output. So I love Alvin Kamara. I'm excited for him rest of the season, and he is just he's so heavily involved in this offense that he belongs in lineups for sure. Must start for Thursday night is Alvin Kamara. It's so uncharacteristic of Alvin Kamara to have 19 carries. Like right? it's 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 not the way he's been, and maybe it is just the change in Derek Carr. And also, I mean, I I thought it was a joke when he came back and he had like a billion catches for like yeah. six yards. And it was like, oh, right. he was like running back four on the week. But yeah. you know what I also think is contributing to why Alvin Kamara's done so well these first three weeks? It's because Derek Carr is missing an arm, man. He like had an AC joint and he was like, I'm going to be out for four. I'm back. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Pl- no, I'm back. And it started. For every game since yeah. then, and I think it's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger in in that last season where he's like, "Oh the my Najee. gosh, like I just got a Camara, Camara, Camara." Except, yeah, except he bombed it to Rashid Shaheed. So I think that's also contributed to it. And Jamal Williams is still out, so Al Camara's a lock until further notice. Yeah. Lock him in, Wes. Give us a risky start, maybe a little bit related to your must start. Let me know who it is. Yeah, I think it's a risk now to start Calvin Ridley. We are at the point in the season where we have an idea of who is borderline week winning and borderline week losing. We have familiarity. Obviously, there are some surprising names uh, like Adam Thielen and Puka Nakua. And at one point, Nico Collins, we'll see what it looks like when Tank Dell is back. Maybe he needs a full wide receiver core to help him get back going. But it's it's at the point now where Calvin Ridley is not exactly who we thought he is. At the very least, he's very inconsistent. Here are some of the wide receivers that are averaging more points a game than Calvin Ridley. The aforementioned Curtis Samuel, which is why I had an idea of where he is on the season. Curtis Samuel is getting more points a game than Calvin Ridley. So is Gabe Davis. So is Terry McLaurin. So is Zay Flowers. So is Marquise Brown. So is Jacoby Myers. So is Michael Pittman. And last but not least, so is Tyreek Hill. Can you believe it? He's getting more points a game than Calvin Ridley. But all the other wide receivers are players that you may have. You may have these guys on your bench and you're wondering, do I roll out Ridley after another single digit week? I don't think so. I don't think you should fire him up. It seems to be a bit of a risk. The name value is nice, but he is not playing the way that we read in training camp. He's not living up to the preseason hype. He is not exactly playing the way that we thought he would when we heard he was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. It seems to be Christian Kirk's role. Of course, Ridley's going to get in the end zone every now and then have a good, masterful week. But he's only scored 12 points twice this year. That's it. That is it. He's very fluky. He's very streaky. I do not like the idea of lining up Calvin Ridley at this point, especially in a short week and especially maybe without Trevor Lawrence. He's my risk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been disappointing. 
it's been disappointing and not what we hoped for. As, as I hope it turns around. That's all. That's all I got to say. Me here. too. It's, it's it's been disappointing. Another risky guy here is going to be Calvin Ridley's teammate Evan Ingram. He's my risky start for this week, and and I think it's a risk if Trevor doesn't play. If, mm. he, if Trevor does play, I think Evan Ingram is safe, as we've seen him be for most of the season. But if he does not play, there's a little bit of contingency here. I don't know if he's going to see the same amount of targets that he's seen this year. He's seen seven or more targets every single week since week two, and that's been his his thing. He hasn't had a big, a big explosive week yet, but he's like a top three or four tight end just because he has had like every single week been like, all right, cool, there's another – 11 points. All right, cool. Here's another 9.5. All right, here's a 12-point week. Here's a 10.5-point week. Like it was just, He's just been consistent there in that spot. So he, he's been one of the, the few consistent tight ends, and it's been exciting to see. But if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, that's where I'm going to factor in this risk because I don't know what his target share is going to look like. If he only gets three targets in this game, he's not going to have a good fantasy day for you. So I think it's contingent on Trevor Lawrence playing. I'm a little bit worried. I, I I might try and pivot here in the waiver wire if I can to, to maybe pick up a, an insurance policy here for Evan Ingram. Luckily, we'll know early in the week, so you'll be able to figure something out early on if you need to, and you'll have a lot of options. So Evan Ingram, risky start. Yeah, he has been very Mr. Reliable for this season. I mean, he yeah. has been uh, top six, I think, almost every single week on the tight end, which is phenomenal, and that's why he's done so well. And I'm happy to see at least one of these players is turning out the way that I was hoping. Uh, I'm glad to see Christian Kirk do this well, and Zay Jones yeah. has also done well as well. But it's a bit unpredictable with the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, but it's nice to see Evan Ingram be consistent. But that obviously does change if Trevor Lawrence isn't there. We'll find out exactly if it's not Lawrence who the quarterback is going to target the most because if it could be Ridley, it could just be Travis Etienne. That guy is, yeah, he is going to end up top five on the yeah. end of the year. He is phenomenal. He's I wish I saw it coming. Player. Yeah, me too. He's yeah. been really exciting to watch Travis Etienne. Uh, don't starts here. Let's just run through them real fast. Wes, who are we not starting on Thursday night? In case anyone was thinking about starting Michael Thomas, don't. He's not been all that great, and he has not gotten more than 12.5 points in a single game and no touchdowns and the most yards he's had in a single game is 65 yards. Just some reassurance not to line up Michael Thomas. Uh, There's no reason to make him the way you begin your week on a Thursday night matchup. Here's how I'm going to get a head start. I'm going to roll out Michael Thomas. That ought to help me just cruise through week seven. (laughs) No, don't start Michael Thomas. Listen, in deep leagues, if you are in a desperate spot, I'll say it's okay. Only because... He is like a he is like a perfect like floor play if you're like all right I got guys on bye weeks I just need somebody to give me like ten points someone just give me ten points can Michael Thomas give me ten points maybe here's Michael Thomas's point output you're right he has not gone over twelve point five points he also has not scored less than nine point three points this year eleven point one twelve point five. 11, 9.3, 10.5, It's just, like, he's just riding right there, and it's like, cool, you need an easy 10? 
I got you. But if you don't have to, don't. Please don't. Like it's it's and especially in yeah. a game where I mean, if they get up quick, especially if Trevor isn't playing, I expect Kamara to be heavily involved here. And it's just it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it to throw out a guy who isn't going to be the pr- the primary option in the Saints offense. And and, and honestly, that'll segue me segue me into my don't start, which is Rashid Shahid. Uh, listen, you same reason as Michael Thomas. You just can't really rely on him to start you out on your week, and especially with Rashid Shahid, you can't count on the big play guy because it's so inconsistent. Same thing with Rashid Shahid and and Jamison Williams are like the same player to me right now at this point. It's like, all right, you're going to play four snaps, but on four snaps, you're going to run a go route, and we might (laughs) find you on it. And we'll see what happens. That's how when Jamison Williams he he played sixteen snaps on Sunday. Like it's uh, just just a little side note there. He should Wild. not be in lineups if you're thinking about that. Don't be fooled by the touchdown. Sell high if you have Jamison Williams. But Rashid Shahid can't count on him. I don't don't put him in your lineup. Don't be fooled by the big play touchdown. It's it's going to be not something you're going to be excited that you did. So easy as that. That's going to be that's, easy as that. So I got. So I got that's going to close out the episode as well. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Let us know in the comments down below what you're doing with your team here. Let us know are you are you holding on to Devonta Smith? Are you holding on to Kyle Pitts? What's going on? Who's you going to be your top waiver ad? Who are you dropping the most fab on this week? Let us know in the comments. While you're down there, subscribe, ring the bell, drop a like, make Teddy the Troll smile by following us on all our social medias below, and we will catch you guys on Friday for a Saints versus Jaguars Thursday Night Football recap. And as we look forward to week seven of the fantasy football season and give you some studs and duds for week seven, we'll see you on Friday. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. 4th and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop.